Welcome back to Tech Talk. This is Jess Kelly with you here on News Talk. Now, I'm sure you've all heard talk and perhaps controversy surrounding the new children's hospital. It's due to open in late 24 or early 25, and it's going to transform how sick children are treated in this country. It's going to be a digital first hospital, which is new for us here in Ireland. And I met with the CEO of Children's Health Ireland, Eilish Hardiman, to find out more. So this is about transforming healthcare. So children, as in under 18 years of old, make up 25% of the population in Ireland. That uh, is 1.6 million children if we take Northern Ireland into account. And that's because within Children's Health Ireland, we provide all of the national specialties and some for Northern Ireland. And we also provide all of the uh, acute paediatric services for the eastern seaboard, all of those counties. So our future plan is to transform that and the moving to the children's hospital is a key element of that. Uh, that means we are able to consolidate all of the highly specialist work in one hospital instead of spread between our two and three hospitals at Crumlin, Temple Street and Tala at the moment. But the second big principle of this transformation is that children should be cared for as near and as close to their home as possible and if possible in their home which means that as part of this transformation we need to help uh, patients, parents, families and clinicians in regional units and in the communities to care for the children that can and need to be cared for at home and then also if they need to come to us they come to us um, in Dublin. So part of the hospital it is a digital and a technology advanced hospital beyond anything that we have in the acute hospital system at the moment. Uh, so it's a central pillar as how we designed the hospital to function is very much in a digital uh, way which means people will understand you know maybe electronic healthcare records so no paper notes but it's more than that you know we will have robots that are delivering uh, you know we have um, automated vehicles you know we have all of those sort of things that are going on as well but the big thing for parents and the patients and the families is probably going to be the electronic healthcare record. Mm-hmm. We're going to jump into that in a second but I just want to follow on from what you were saying there everybody has a hot take on the running of the HSE and everybody has an opinion piece inside their soul that they could write for any of the Sunday newspapers on some of the issues. From my vantage point, one of the things that seems to have happened over the years is that we've tried to put a layer of technology on legacy systems and that's proved to be difficult in terms of ingraining. How important was it to build that digital vision into the DNA of this new hospital? It was central. So when we did the original business case for this, which would be way back in 2017, actually we built in that, we designed it um, in a way to work digitally. We looked at our staffing that would need to support a digital um, hospital. And then we identified the core digital systems that would need to be in place. So at a, at a very basic level, you know, you, if you go into any hospital at the moment, like if you go to an outpatient, you'll see the charts been wheeled with lots of medical notes and huge, some of those, and particularly us in paediatrics where we have children with chronic conditions so they can be with us for 18 years, they have huge files. So we, we didn't design in this new hospital a medical records department, for example. We haven't designed, you know, waiting areas to hold loads of files. We haven't designed rooms to incorporate lots of paper. So we're moving to what we call paper light, uh, 
uh, way of working. You can never get rid of it altogether. But it also means that for our doctors and uh, nurses and health and social care professionals and, and administrators, management in the system, we're moving now to working digitally. So instead of having books, everything is a lot. It's going to be on pads. It's going to be on iPads, on mobile phones. It's probably the biggest um, you know, enabler in the whole of the system. So we need to, that's how we've designed it. Um, that's how we planned it. Uh, and that's what's uh, transforming now. That's what's coming to fruition now as we are now into implementation. So where we are now is the the hospital is about 80% built physically. Now there's still a lot of work to be done uh, in fitting it out. So the development board who are leading on that, they're progressing that this year with the equipment. And then we are going to spend the next, this year, next year, actually working on the digitization elements of it, putting in the, the digital systems. And we are not building an old we're, bu- we're, brand- we're buying new mm-hmm. we're buying new which is different for the health system so we are going out with a full electronic healthcare record uh, that uh, that I know is, is envious but it's still the first true full electronic healthcare record in the public system to be implemented in Ireland Some people will be listening to this now going what does this mean for me you know if I go into a hospital with my child touch wood it doesn't happen but if I do what how is that going to be different in this new hospital versus what I may have experienced in the hospitals you alluded to earlier on and how is it going to benefit the care that my child gets can you speak to that a little bit yes yeah, so we would be starting with for starter you have to go to your GP and the GP needs to send um, electronic uh, request for you to actually get an appointment that will be electronically sent back we're looking at can you select what appointment time suits you so you book it that way we look at whereby if you need to come to the hospital that your car parking space is actually booked when you come in you're actually allotted to a, a, a clinic you will be able you don't need to go up there and have a whole load of waiting you'll be called for when you get up there so there's not that inefficiencies of actually waiting when you go in we have this um, point of whereby if you give the data once you only have to give it once and it's used by multiple sources so it avoids that repetition you know when you're seen then we try to deal electronically with your you know communications back to your GP or to your consultant in your local hospital try to deal with that so we're dealing with it electronically um, you could get when you get treated uh, you you have access it's, it's all up on a system you will be able to seal some of your files you know it's a very very different way we use it to educate particularly children you know about their condition um, it, there is a ability then of whatever treatment you have uh, if you go back then let's say if you were you were transferred up from Galway or Cork your clinician, your paediatrician can have access and read what happened with you as opposed to, you know, looking for a discharge letter, even though there will be still a discharge, but they can actually go in and read. So it it, it increases connectivity, it increases access to data sharing uh, by clinicians who need to do it. It involves the uh, parents and, and the children much more in their care and treatment. And it's to help then, particularly with chronic disease management, you know, so that they take more control and ownership of actually the conditions. And then you have ways of actually reporting back you know were you satisfied mm-hmm. so you're able to fill out your 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 questionnaires and so it creates that 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 much more I think much better patient experience uh, and much more control and really central to this is data and how data is actually managed and shared to allow clinicians to make decisions and to allow patients and parents to be informed I know we're going to, later in the show we're going to hear a little bit about how this is going to work from the doctor's point of view but I'm just wondering in terms of data input that that sounds like a lot of information that I'm sure is already being generated in charts 
But I know myself, if I'm at a press briefing, I scribble stuff down in a notebook and I might write about 30% of what's in the notebook into the computer. How do you ensure that all the vital data is going into the system? Yeah, that, that is d- genuinely a challenge and it's garbage in, garbage out, as mm-hmm. we know. So there is a need, and that's part of our digital transformation. So where we are at the moment is in designing those systems and in particular, like we are using systems that have are, are, are been implemented in other hospitals. So we do, and as part of our workforce plan, we have identified that we do need different types of roles than what we have now. So while we have, you know, people involved in moving paper and we need to have different type of people because it's all around data input data analysis mm-hmm. and the use of data so we've um, recognized that uh, I think it will be a challenge but you know there's ways in which the system can be configured to actually help to make that more convenient but that is a change and that is something that uh, we have heard other feedback is is if you you really do need to get the staff totally bought into this yeah. because it's a big change and they need to see the benefits they need to see how it is helping them for example plan their work because they know what their schedule is they're able to share it with their colleagues an awful lot easier you know they're able to access something without going to see another part of the hospital you know so those are the type of benefits whereby you have time back where you didn't have before but all of that has changed and we're supremely conscious about needing to actually um, you know support that as much as possible um, and I think you know we're, we're going to have to there is going to be um, uh, we're going to have to mo- monitor and audit what it is that we need mm-hmm. some of these systems are you know set up for you know billing and different uh, systems internationally we need to understand how's it going to work and we're first in Ireland around some of these so that takes a, um, a extra onus on us in our implementation to design it to be as user friendly but at the same time the data still needs to be gathered and it can be uh, to demonstrate how useful it can be to actually maybe save time elsewhere. So is this going to be a custom-built platform? No. Okay. What we tend to do, and we don't tend to, because that's actually what we do, what we tend to do is, is that there may be some element of, um, you ha- when it's first in country, that you have to look at it, you know, because there's different legislation, regulations, mm-hmm. and everything else like that. But when some of these systems are in the best hospitals in the world. So why should we be any different, you know? And so it will challenge us. And uh, sometimes you mightn't switch everything on, but it should be there. And and we mightn't switch everything on on day one. That might be something that may, you know, embed the core essentials and then open them up later when when, when people have settled and have more, mm. are familiar with it. So there's different tactics or different strategies you can use to help with that, that transformation to, from paper to digital. Mm. Uh, one of the things that always sort of rattles around in my brain since the uh, 14th of May two right. years ago <laughs> is uh, the ransomware attack on the yeah. HSE. And I think we're still feeling the impact of that. I know certain parts of the healthcare system are still recovering. And as much as digital transformation is incredible mm. and it can bring so many positives, um, that is a real concern, I'm sure. Yeah. If you don't have a room where you're printing off all these records and having hard copies, what happens if that were to happen again? Well, that's getting very technical on me, and I'll go on the <laughs> the 14th of May at a quarter to six that's exactly one, yeah. in the morning when I heard it. Yeah, so it, it is a thing. So um, there is. A, I'm going to ask my colleague actually to be, but we actually have been really, really strong in our procurement around um, cybersecurity and and recovery and being able to ensure that we have disaster recovery mm-hmm. and real tactics around that. Now our colleagues internationally have again learned from this as well. So there's some lessons there that that we have built in 
into how we are going to procure and implement our, our systems. And I think as our board is really strong about this one to demonstrate, and we do need to demonstrate to the public mm. how it is that their data is secure and what do we do, and, and how do we function as a hospital yeah. in the case of a repeat of that. So that's one of the scenarios that has to be built into the design and the implementation of these systems. Mm. Uh, sticking with the theme of communicating with patients and parents, I'm sure there will be a job of work to to be done in terms of letting parents know when they come into a hospital if they see a little robot going by with medicines on the top or whatever it might be. This is all normal. Uh, Is that something that you're engaging with at the moment? I know you're looking at other platforms around the world. I'm sure you're engaging with doctors here in Ireland and around the world. But are you also getting a litmus test from parents as to what they might be comfortable with? Well, actually, in the whole design process, we had a whole family forum and we had the Youth Advisory Council. So we actually have uh, children who uh, are big users of our hospitals and they actually meet with us to, uh, so we call it the Children's Voice and they tell us what's coming on. So they were involved in the design and actually we brought them around the hospital recently and they were saying, oh my God, I remember you know, uh, get to, you know, putting into that. So they're seeing it come to life. Having said that, we also, so they still continue with us. We're running the family forum out there. We're now moving now into the operation policy. So there will have to be further engagement with families around how this is going to, because that's how we work Mm -hmm. with that, you know, make sure that they're engaged and involved in future. And then when we get nearer the hospital, we're actually going to do much more communications about this to actually demonstrate the investment. This is truly different to what we have in any of the Irish system here so and it is but it's not different to what's internationally available yeah. so it's what the standard is you know in, in new investment and this is an investment for the future as I say for one quarter of the population so it actually is a, uh, should be seen as that mm-hmm. so I think we will be doing much more communication externally now that we're at this stage to do it but the intention is getting the hospital next year 2024. Mm-hmm. We all know with technology, you know, just this week, Samsung brought out the S23. So they're always updating and upgrading the technology that's available. How future proofed will the technology in the hospital be? Well, I think um, obviously the, we, the contracts that we enter, we get the latest version. But the reality is, then, you know, after time, you're going to have to keep upgrading them. But I would, I don't know, best buzz that I get advice from our technical um, colleagues. But I think we're getting the latest as it is, and with the contracts, then uh, it's entering into contracts that allow you to do upgrades and patches and everything like that. But mm-hmm. obviously, everything has some element of a, of a lifespan. Um, that, but we're hoping that we're well into our into the decades before we need to get into that. That, that sort of arrangement. I think the important thing is that um, we won't have everything in on the first day. You know, that's another thing because I think you need to go in and you need to settle it and then we need to build it up. Um, I suppose the other point is uh, we have an opportunity here. I mean, Ireland uh, excels in the technical, you know, technical uh, capability and expertise. We're some of the top you know, um, technical companies in the world, top medical com- medicine companies in the world, pharmaceutical companies in the world. We're really good at even medical technology, you know, all the devices in the world. This hospital is going to afford an opportunity, which is not available and maybe uh, enough of, I would say, to really leverage about what can be done. Because sometimes you have to demonstrate what can be done and the benefits to it, and then actually take that for investment. So I've been looking forward to us using this as a a springboard actually to demonstrate how technology is going to help transform our health system and make it uh, more sustainable and a a system that has better outcomes for patients but also one that our patients are feeling much more happy and satisfied with.
That's Eilish Hardiman, the CEO of Children's Health Ireland, speaking to me a little earlier this week about what the new Children's Hospital will have to offer. Now, when we come back, we're going to meet a doctor at Temple Street who is also the Chief Medical Information Officer at CHI to find out how this will enhance the medical care and hospital workflows. Tech Talk with Jess Kelly. This is Jess Kelly with you here on News Talk. Before the break, we heard from the CEO of Children's Health Ireland about the vision for the new Children's Hospital. But we're now going to hear from a doctor's perspective about how all this change will be beneficial in terms of the day-to-day working of those hospitals, as well as his work as the Chief Medical Information Officer at CHI. This is Marcus Hessling. Yeah, um, I, I sometimes compare it with gardening. You know, you can do gardening with the worst possible tools and you can get stuff done. It takes you much longer, the job probably isn't as good and the outcome isn't as good. Whereas if you get appropriate tools that allow you to work efficiently and effectively, it makes all the difference. It also makes an awful lot of difference to the happiness of staff. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Uh, we have staff from, who've worked all over the world. They come back to Ireland and they go, what's going on here? Yeah, we've seen the future mm-hmm. and the future isn't here. And this is what the difference is now. This, the potential for the future actually happening here. And uh, is the want and the understanding there on the part of the doctors as to that benefit? Because if you, I had the pleasure of going to the Mayo Clinic in Minneapolis a few years ago and I saw what they were doing and it blew my mind and it just makes you imagine things that you couldn't possibly envisage otherwise. But if you're someone who hasn't encountered that type of innovation, you just think it's always been done this way, so why don't we keep doing this way? Is, is the understanding and the hunger there for doctors? I, I challenge you um, on, um, the, on that because the understanding is there. Yeah, no, you, you, you'll remember the times where we talked about internet banking. Mm. We're now talking about banking. Yeah? People, our staff in the rest of their life know how digital works. Then they come to work and they grab a piece of paper. And it was just uh, this week, I was spending about 10 minutes looking for a prescription pad in Temple Street in AD when, when there's people waiting two, three hours. And you can multiply that by all the staff there. And I, I prefer to talk about clinicians now rather because it's doctors, nurses, uh, HCPs. It doesn't matter. We all use digital and we're all getting held up in our job by the fact that we haven't got up-to-date tools. And that's where the, the real opportunity is. And with the vision for the new children's hospital, having it ingrained in from the outset into the very foundation of the vision, never mind the physical building, that must be a breath of fresh air because we know before there have been attempts at introducing high-tech solutions on shaky foundations and it just doesn't last, it doesn't work out. Yeah, uh, it's such a breath of fresh air that I left my old job to come over here uh, from the UK because it it was a unique concept um, that really is, um, uh, there isn't another um, project like this anywhere in the world. You know, uh, moving into a new hospital with completely new technology is a, a massive opportunity and a lot of people are attracted by that for, for all the right reasons because it's not just the technology. Technology is a nice thing, but it's what you do with it. It's all about people. What, what, what does it mean for people? What does it mean for patients? What if you suddenly get access to your own record and can, you, you travel to France and your child gets ill 
and you have to go to a hospital, God forbid, and there you are. What is it that your child has? And you could try and explain it in, in, in French, uh, whereas in fact, you might have the ability to have it on your phone. This is what they said. Yeah, that's just such a huge potential. That's for, for just an example for families, yeah? for staff, you know, to be able to, to do things on the move quickly in a really challenging environment um, with technology that helps you rather than hinders you, uh, another big, big um, uh, bonus. And thirdly, as an organization, we'll, with all the data we are going to collect, we'll be much more focused on where the real need is, where the real benefits are. Yeah, I love data. Like, I love looking at data sets and getting the insights from it. I think it's so beneficial. Talk to me a little bit more about that in terms of identifying trends. So maybe if you're seeing that all of a sudden loads of kids are developing scoliosis or something like that, or perhaps you're noticing that, you know, x-ray times are taking twice as long as they should be, you can then act, I'm sure, much quicker on the back of that data. Yeah, it's, it's, I think it's the difference between reactive and proactive, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, where you uh, literally you could have live data feeds um, where you identify something is going wrong. What's happening here? And then you can can look at it at detail and try and identify where the problem is, rather than waiting to the point where it's blooming obvious to everybody, yeah. uh, which is often the case in the past. Yeah. So huge opportunities with with the data um, and the analysis of the data. Yeah, I know from speaking to parents over the years that if they ever have to go into the likes of Crumlin Children's Hospital or Temple Street or Tala it could be the worst moment of their lives because something is wrong with their child. And being faced with endless forms and trying to dig out a PPS number or whatever it might be can be 10 times worse for them than it would be on a normal day. This seems to take some of that stress and that, I suppose, burden away from the parents if their child has an e-health record and that data is available to the clinician with the click of a mouse. Yeah, and it comes down to the uh, to the old being asked the same question a hundred times, and then when you go through a hospital, um, it's a simple example. Um, not only should that not happen anymore, but you also will have the opportunity to look it up yourself. What is on my record? Oh, that's actually not correct. I do not have an allergy to penicillin. Uh, and, and you'll be able to, to do something about it, whereas up until now, you wouldn't know necessarily what's on our record. So, so that's just uh, one example for that. What about the fear factor? And I'm kind of laughing as I say this because I am this person, I am WebMD. So I go in and diagnose myself. Uh, What happens when a person has access to their health record and they start Googling and then they're with the GP every five minutes going, well, I had this broken knee when I was five. So obviously something is wrong with me now. Is there a fear factor that it may be overexposure to parents to have or to, to patients to have that data on their phone or their laptop? Is there a fear factor? Probably yes. And and actually, especially the more junior you are, um, the more challenging it is. I personally welcome that challenge because it makes me a better doctor. Yeah, if you're telling me, oh, I think I've got this strange condition and I haven't heard of that condition, then it's something that's been outside my radar. Good on you. Yeah, challenge me. Uh, makes me better. Mm-hmm. And another thing, we spoke to uh, Martin Curley, formerly of the HSC, a few months ago, and he was talking about the vision for connected health and keeping well people well for longer and we spoke about the likes of the apple watch and the fitbits for example being utilized and people going and with print offs to their doctor saying look this is how many steps i take this is my heart rate and so on can you envisage what's being done with the children's hospital 
branching out to incorporate things like wearables, trackers and so on to keep young people active or identify any issues that could arise during puberty or whatever it might be? Yeah, I mean, this stuff is happening already. So to take an example, chronic disease, diabetes, yeah, is one of those areas where wearables are all over the place and the pumps and the the, um, devices to measure their blood sugar levels. And that really can, uh, again, identify trends very early. And if you can intervene, um, with a positive intervention, that leads to better health outcomes in the future, of course. Yeah? Whereas in the past, it would have been they would have come to clinic once every six months and they would have had their blood sugar to check them, depending on what that was like. Whereas now we have much more information already to build on that. Uh, that's just one example. Especially in the chronic disease management, you can see how you can get much healthier outcomes. We obviously a hospital. We'll, we'll see the sicker ones yeah? and the chronic disease ones. Um, your, your point around general health and well-being is a much wider one um, f- and probably beyond what we're doing at the moment. Okay. Um, my final question, I think, is this will enable a doctor in Galway or Cork to be able to see a record of a child who's in uh, the children's hospital. I assume that you know issues such as software compatibility or speed of connection and all the rest, that they're being thought of as we go along, rather than a GP in in Cork sitting there and realising they don't have the right software to access a particular file to to be able to read the EHO. You'll you'll know um, that part of the problem in all of this is going to be the, the, the contractual obligations that we'll have. So we can't just give access to every GP in the country. It'll be probably more like uh, our uh, colleagues in the, than the host, in the pediatric departments. Yeah? Um, and it's coming down to what you pay for. That's just the way it is. Um, and um, it'll, be, it'll already be a significant improvement. The wider, longer-term vision, of course, would be not just that they can read it, but that we can exchange information. Now that important information from Cork and Galway can come to us, and we can act on that, and vice versa. Yeah, that's Marcus Hessling, who is a doctor at Temple Street, but also the chief medical information officer at CHI. I am very excited to see this digital hospital in action. Uh, aside from all of the talk around the cost and the location and all the rest. This could be transformative in terms of healthcare in Ireland, particularly for our younger people. And I think it'll get the ball rolling on innovation in other parts of our healthcare system. So we will, of course, bring you any and all of the updates in relation to that. Uh, But that's it for this week. If you missed any of the show, you can listen back in full on the News Talk app powered by GoLoud. You can also search for Tech Talk wherever you get your podcast from and find each interview there. That's it from me this week. I will be back with Pat Kenny on Tuesday's Pat Kenny show uh, where we will talk through the S23 Ultra that we heard about in the first part of this programme. But in the meantime, enjoy the rest of your long weekend.